Calling Media Shop Talk, the marketing podcast for marketing geeks, made by marketing geeks. Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Calling Media Shop Talk. I'm Doug Campbell, president of Calling Media, and joining me today is October Newson. She's a senior paid social manager here at Calling Media. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, yeah I'm excited for this one too, actually. Um, when I think about some of the topics we talk about here, whether it's paid search or OTT or something like that, there's often just sort of one sort of thing at play, but paid social spans such a wide gamut. There's so many different platforms and, and tactics and channels and things that you can do in there. So I guess let, let's start there. What are some of the different advertising platforms that can count as paid social? Yeah, it is a really vast landscape. Um, and I would say arguably the largest platform is Meta, which includes uh, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, et cetera. Um, but there are also um, emerging platforms like TikTok, there's Snapchat, there's uh, LinkedIn, which is great for B2B. Um, so there are many, many platforms that we can advertise on. Pinterest, Reddit, the list goes on and on. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, the list goes on and on. I mean, at one point even, when Google was trying to figure out what the heck YouTube was, they claimed that it went from being the second largest search engine to being the, the second largest social media platform because it has likes and shares, right? And there's so many different interactions there. Um, so with all these different platforms, you mentioned, uh, you know, LinkedIn, good for B2B. Are there, are there other ones that are good for specific types of customers or specific types of things? Yeah, so really um, each individual platform is going to appeal to a different audience. So Meta is, again, probably the broadest reach. Um, most people have a Facebook or Instagram account. Um, but there's also TikTok and Snapchat for a younger dem demographic. Um, and each person goes to these different platforms in a different mindset. So we really want to keep that in mind when coming up with different campaigns and different initiatives for each platform. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, you mentioned that they go there for different reasons. They're doing different things. You can, you can picture how uh, on Facebook you might just be scrolling through a feed and looking at family photos and, and you're sort of just killing time. And you could also kill time by going to a link to another website, whereas something like TikTok, right? You're there for entertainment, right? You're right. there for the next video. Yep. You're not there for the exit out of the platform. Uh, and so that can have a real big impact, I imagine, on, on the different strategies. But I think it also can affect where in the customer journey we can reach people. Absolutely. How, how broadly across the customer journey can social media reach? So there's really, the possibilities are endless. We can reach people at the top of the funnel with awareness and reach campaigns, all the way down to the bottom of the funnel with conversion campaigns that direct people to a website to take a specific action. Okay, so if I'm running a reach campaign on social media, what is that gonna look like? Like how, am I, how can I target people? How would I measure that? Yeah, so the targeting capabilities, again, are gonna be different on each platform. Um, but we can get as niche as interest categories, um, age, gender, uh, geos, um, and on specific platforms we can even target things like hashtag usage or creators that they're following. Um, there's also a lot of uh, capabilities for 
um, different creatives on different platforms. So um, for reach and frequency, for example, you might want to consider more branding initiatives. Um, that's going to be just blown out to as many people as possible, so they're going to get more familiar with your brand. Whereas with a conversion campaign, we want to target people who are most likely to take that convert or most likely to take an action on that specific ad. Sure. So that makes a lot of sense. And you sort of also hinted that there's different creative and different messaging I would use at different spots. I imagine if I'm doing a brand awareness campaign and I'm just targeting geographically, right? Anybody who's of a certain age and in a certain area and I want to show them a video or a display ad or whatever about my product and just let them know about my brand. Whereas uh, I could also run campaigns that are more like website traffic campaigns, right? And that sort of demand phase, get them to the website, build that demand, build that interest in the product. Mm -hmm. And then the conversion tracking or conversion campaigns, right? At the bottom of the funnel where get that specific out of them. That's exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah. So I think, I think it's fantastic because it, it spans that entire gap. Um, and, and I know we've used it in a lot of different ways, like even with offline conversion tracking, which we mm -hmm. talked about in another episode of how we can take and track these things through a CRM and pass them back and even just track things that are and optimize for things that are happening offline, where it's not even just that online they saw the ad or they went to my website or they actually interacted or made a purchase, but we can actually track them through to something else that happened down the road. Yep. Yes, and another really great uh, usage for social media ads are um, lead generation so that we can get people's information and reach out to them rather than them taking an action um, on the website, for example. Sure, and then we, if we plug that into a CRM and then we can track it back and say, hey, that was a good lead, that was a not so great lead, let's get more of these and fewer of those. Yep, that's exactly right. There are many ways that we can optimize on these platforms as well. Yeah, well, and the other thing that I think has been really interesting for me and something I'd like us to dive into a little more is the, the growth of video. So obviously Facebook started and it was just pictures and words, mm -hmm. Twitter was just words, um, and, and now with Instagram and, and Reels and, and a lot of it being TikTok, right? Mm -hmm. um, video has really come to the forefront. Want to talk more about the evolution of video on social? Yeah, absolutely. We're definitely seeing that video is king. Um, the more animation, GIFs, movement in videos that you can have, um, we're seeing the higher conversion rates and higher return on ad spend. Yeah, and it's, it's such an interesting topic because when I think of video campaigns versus just like a picture and some words, I immediately go to production cost. Right, that, that sounds expensive, right? You need cameras, you need lights, you need scripts, you need storyboards. There's so much that goes into producing like a traditional 30 second spot that you would run on television. Um, but that doesn't appear to be the case with social. No, not at all. Actually, we're seeing that the more native, the more organic, the more um, kind of, uh, you know, filmed on an iPhone, um, selfie style videos, especially on platforms like TikTok, um, but even in Reels on Instagram, um, we're seeing that those actually perform better than the more highly produced, uh, you know, spots that you would see on TV. Yeah, and it feels kind of counterintuitive in the sense that I want a strong representation of my brand and, and people like shiny things, right? If I put more into it, I'll get more out of it. Um, but you made the point of like, it feeling native, it mm -hmm. feeling natural. Um, and I think that's such a key concept, right? We, we used to talk a lot about stopping the thumb, right? And you mentioned earlier motion and GIFs and video. Uh, for a long time, it was like, just put eyeballs in, in the ad, right? Yeah. Put an image, have a face, people will stop and look at faces. And now, to, in order to interrupt their scrolling, that video, that motion, that's what, that's what draws them in, that's what's necessary mm -hmm. in that moment. But there's also, a sense that people don't want to be advertised to. Absolutely. 
And, and I think that's what gives us that sense of that organic natural feel of the video, that it matches what other creators are naturally doing yeah. on the platform. So you sort of sneak them, sneak attack a little bit. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the plan. And um, to really have that call to action or, um, you know, something kind of stimulating that, that talks about your brand right up front that kind of packs a punch um, in that organic feel is really where you're going to see the most impact. Sure. Yeah. And now I'm sort of curious because I know this is a topic we've discussed recently um, with TikTok in particular, with the concept of spark ads. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's very similar to what we've seen on Facebook in the past with uh, like boosting of organic posts. Um, but it sort of does a little bit of both, right? It's paid on organic, mm -hmm. so it gets that natural feel. Can you tell us more about spark ads and what we're seeing there? Yeah, spark ads are really amazing. Um, it's a way that you can, uh, it's a way that you can communicate through influencers, through organic posting, um, but put a little bit of money behind it and drive that impact. So um, user-generated content is great for Spark Ads where an influencer or um, a client of ours will post something organically and then they'll send us a code and we can put money behind it, we can put targeting behind it, um, and we can really drive that organic video um, to have a lasting impact and to have um, a greater return on ad spend as well. Got it. So what I think I'm hearing is social media can impact us all across the funnel, but you've got to think a lot about the creative and what you're trying to do at that moment. And these days it's video. Yes. Right? Um, but cost doesn't have to be the prohibitive factor, right. right? We can go out there, we can grab an iPhone, we can shoot there, get that raw organic feel. Uh, and even if you don't have an agency or a partner who's helping you come up with what that 10 or 15 second ad looks like, you can just do what you're normally doing on posting organically, right? And just tie some dollars to it, right? Yep. You mentioned that gives us the, the targeting capabilities and also brings the tracking into play, right? Now I can track it just like a normal ad? Exactly. Yep, there's so much capabilities you can have uh, across all of the different platforms with video. A video is really a way that you can pack a punch and um, you know get more information across, more content across than just an image and words. So yes, yeah, so I think it's so great. Like obviously there's lots of different platforms. We've talked about some targeting options. We've talked about some tracking options, the offline conversion tracking, the importance of video. Um, I did want to circle back on one other topic that I've always found really intriguing within social, which is targeting not just first party, but lookalikes. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you talk a little more about what we can do with first-party audiences and look-like audiences? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the capabilities with first-party audiences are really broad and vast. And one of the great things that we can do that you just touched on is look-alike audiences, which is we feed the algorithm a list, for example, a customer list of people who um, have taken a certain action, who fit a certain profile, and then we tell the platform to go find people who look similar, who have similar behaviors, um, as that list of people so that we can find lookalikes and um, deliver our ads to those people who are more likely to take a certain action. Yeah, I always think it's such a great use of the machine learning algorithms that are available to us. Obviously, you could take a list of your customers and just say, oh, uh, looks like they're mostly guys, right? And, and you can make a marketing hypothesis that we should be marketing more male heavy or something like that. Um, but there are other connections, right? There are things that you won't see at the surface level that these algorithms will see, right? Oh, it turns out that they all like cats, right? You won't know that from your customer list, but Meta will. That's right. right? That's, that's right. Yeah, and that's that's kind of a fun um, 
way, you know, people always say, oh, uh, social media ads are following me, or they know exactly what I like, they know exactly, you know, what I've been thinking about or talking about, and we find that lookalike audiences really help us um, target those niche audiences that, like you said, we, we wouldn't otherwise be able to target. Wow. So we've covered a lot of ground here. So let me see if I've got this right. There's a whole lot of different social media platforms mm -hmm. that not only have different audiences, depending on who you're talking to, or the B2B or B2C, um, they're going there for different reasons. So we've got to think about them differently and talk to them differently. Um, there are really cool targeting and tracking capabilities so that we can really make sure that we're being super efficient with all this. Um, video is massively important, but it doesn't have to be expensive. That's correct. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you as well for listening in. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. For October Newson and the entire team here at Calling Media, I'm Doug Campbell.